Ephesians 2, um, oh, the creche is working. We've got live stream through to the creche. If anybody needs it, unruly children, unruly husbands, unruly girlfriends, yeah, whatever. So you can, you can watch, I think. Oh, yeah, the camera's right there. Hello. And, uh, and you can listen. Uh, wonderful. Ephesians 2, verse... <laughs> I'll start at verse 8, because Ephesians is too good. You can never just read the verse you want. There's too many good verses, so we'll start at verse 8. For it is by grace you have been saved. You know, that means it's the kind gift of God. I like that. Uh, through faith. Trusting is involved. Um, it's not from yourselves. It's the gift of God, not by work so that no man can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We are God's workmanship. We are God's. You, you, you know this is well preached. The word is workmanship. There is poema that we get the word poem from. It means we are God's work of art. God's an artist. Tell the person next to you, you are a work of art. Go on. Now, now say it a little bit cheekily. <laughs> Go, you are a work of art. You are. I think some people are saying it sarcastically. You are a work of art. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a work in progress, Zach just said to me. That's not what I meant, son. Thank you. We'll have words afterwards. You're, you're God's work of art. Have you, now, uh, if you ever want to make Vicky laugh, ask her about my painting, how good I am at painting. Um, now, you might think, oh, Jared, he's a creative soul. You know, he sings, he writes songs, he writes books. Uh, I really cannot paint. But even I, when I'm painting, it was my kind of lockdown thing. I bought some canvases. I mean, what did you do? I bought canvases and paints and tried painting. And, uh, yeah, I, uh, were they? Thank you, darling. That's very sweet. Ah, oh, that's, uh, she's supporting me. Good. <laughs> um, but, you know, even, even a bad painter like me, you know, you're in the middle of painting on a canvas and somebody walks in and, oh, can I see what you're painting? What do you feel inside? Come on, creatives. Or you're making something or you're writing a song and you go, oh, no, I don't want you to look yet. It's not. It's not finished. I've not finished. So it's not, it's not what's in my heart. It kind of doesn't look right. You're going to pick holes in it too soon. With creativity, it's the same with songwriting, book writing, or I, I guess it's the same painting. I'll never know because I'm no good at it. Um, but there are two sides to your brain. There's a critiquing side and then there's a flow, creative side. And if, if in the middle of a creative project, whether it's writing a chapter or a blog or, 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 or writing a song, and I, I guess painting, if you engage your critiquing mind too soon in the process, you'll ruin what you're making. If you overthink, you cannot be creative. Just dwell on that for a minute. Let me put it another way that Christians will resonate with. Could someone just shut that door for me, Mum? just because I can hear the, the water cooking. Um, uh, if you're overcritical, you can't be creative. Now you are God's work of art. Sometimes I think God would say, oh no, don't look yet. It's not finished. No, no, no it, it looks a bit naff right now. It's not looking good. I don't want you to see it yet. Anybody ever watch Bob Ross, the, the happy painter? Come on, who loves Bob Ross? Now you say, there's like 10% of you. 90% of you have not yet lived. 
in the now. Oh, you've got to watch this. I'm so excited. I, I just made you a whole week. Go on YouTube or sometimes BBC Two, and you'll see this guy. He's, he's a white guy with the most amazing afro you've ever seen in your life. Big ginger afro. And he's there, and he paints, and it's like awful 1970s BBC TV. And he, he does these paintings in half an hour. And, you know, he does these amazing landscapes and beautiful waters and skies and all this kind of stuff. And, and uh, uh, have you ever experienced a thing with Bob Ross? Come on, the 10% of people in the room that, that, that have got the revelation. Just work with me. We can help the others in the room. He does this incredible background landscape. And you're thinking, well, you know, it's kind of 10 minutes in and you're thinking, well, I just stopped there. That looks amazing. Uh, and then he goes, I'm going to put a tree right here. A happy little tree. You can put a tree wherever you want, you know. And, I'm like, and he gets his big black or brown colours and just slaps it down the whole middle of the canvas. And I'm going, no, you just ruined a beautiful picture. And then he spends the next 10 minutes with me looking, going, you've wrecked it. You've ruined it. And then by 27 minutes in every episode, you go, that's amazing. You're God's work of art. And sometimes we go through phases when we go, oh, that's beautiful, that'll do. And then God comes and slaps a great black line across the middle of everything. And you go, what are you doing? I thought that was, that was looking great. With your destiny, don't engage the critiquing mind too soon. He's not finished yet. I'm not beautiful, I'm not good, I'm not ready. Come on, church, work with me. Can I just be a bit honest? It's a bit naff. It's a bit rebuilding. It's a bit like starting church all over again. That's, that's where we're at. Uh, you know, and it, it, it's, it's, it, 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 it's painful and testing and trialing for you. So imagine what my life, I've given my life to this. You know? So in the middle of it, you go, oh God. But I feel God is saying, don't engage the critical mind. Just let the flow of heaven work. Because something beautiful is being painted. And I kind of figure that God's good. So everything he does is good. Come on, you know where I'm going with this line. So if if it isn't good, it isn't over. So now the test of the heart is, can you cope with the naff middle? Should we make that the title of today's sermon? It's often naff in the middle. And I think even God might go, no, no, don't look yet. No, don't overthink it yet. Don't go, oh, but, you know, but the tracks and the, and the numbers and the, and the buildings and the, no, 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 we're in the middle of something. We're in the middle of something quite beautiful, but actually the critical mind will go, but it's not, and it's not, and it's a bit, and it's a bit lame, and it's a bit, God's up to something. Happy little clouds. They don't know what I'm talking about, Katie. They haven't got a clue. I've just given you the best box set ever in your life. You're going to go away and you're going to just watch. And you're going to go buy canvases and try and paint like him. I think the first painting he ever painted sold for 10 million this week. Um, took him half an hour to paint. That's, that's pretty good, isn't it? I mean, what's, what's that hourly rate? Right. <laughs> 20 million an hour. Pretty good. He's dead now, so it doesn't count, does it? Uh, well, that's probably why it's worth more. It happens, doesn't it? Anyway, sorry, I spoiled the mood there, didn't I? <laughs> I said the wrong thing. 
You are God's work of art, and God's in the middle of doing something. Don't engage the critiquing mind. You know, I wrote that one song. Everybody thinks I only wrote one song, but, you know, they sing it. That one song that they sing around the world is the shortest song ever. It took me 10 minutes to write that song. Now, I've spent months on other songs, and they're rubbish. Nobody wants to hear them. But one song that took 10 minutes, what happened in a moment, there's the, 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 you, you disengage the critical mind. You can take that word critical in lots of ways, couldn't you? You disengage the critical mind and go with the flow and find out where life is taking you. I think incredible things are unfolding in God, but you've just got to go where his paintbrush is leading you. And don't critique too soon. Because he's he's always doing something beautiful if if you see a life that that ends in a mess it's it's not that god did that it's always that we abandoned the artist and walked away because we didn't like the lame bit in the middle when nothing made sense but we're a work of art you're a work of art. Come on, get away from church for a minute. Let's get to you. It's in the middle. And this hasn't worked yet, and that hasn't worked yet. And, you know, <clears throat> the years are going on. But God's promises, I have no plans to harm you, only to give you a hope and a future. The enemy can come in. Oh, and let's be honest, we can just be a bit stupid sometimes, right, and wreck things ourselves. But that's not God's fault, that's ours. But here's the wonder of the gospel. He, he comes in and he turns it all around. He says, come on, I can still paint beautiful lines on this canvas. Yeah, but I, I mucked it up. It's okay. It's okay. I've got pots of white paint. And I, I can paint over the bit that you mucked up. And we can start that again. In fact, you know what? I might even just blend it in. And suddenly, I'm, I'm going to turn that mess that you created. Oh, it'll be a happy little cloud in the end. Because <laughs> he's so good and he's so faithful and he's so good at that. So let's look at the way, one of the ways that God, God paints on our lives. John, the uh, book of John. Uh, where is it, Jesus? Huh. Oh, please let it be there. Yeah, here we go. John 5 and verse 19, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, the son can do nothing of himself. He can only do what he sees the father doing, because whatever the father does, the son also does. Jesus said of himself, I can only do what I see the father doing. Here's a question. Can you see what God's doing in your life right now? There's, 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 there's a, a voice, there's a, I love it in Genesis, Genesis 3.8, where it talks about them, God was described as the voice walking in the garden. There's a voice that walks in your world, trying to help you to see the lines of heaven as they're painted into your life. Uh, we, we need to read the Bible, but we also need to read the Bible so we can get to know the voice behind the Bible. 
the one who speaks, the one who speaks to us in, in dreams. Uh, let's be honest, some are pizza dreams, but some are, are God. And we're like, oh, I think that might be God. And, or he speaks through a message. And it might be nothing that I've said. God can even take a sentence that I've said, jumble up three words, pop them back into your mind, and you go, God just spoke to me. I have people all the time that came up and said, remember when you said this, this, and this? Oh, God spoke to me so much. And in my head, I'm going, I've never said that in my life. Because sometimes you don't hear what's said, but you hear what God needs to say to you. There's something supernatural going on in this room. It's not information. It's not a lecture. God's in the room. That's why he knows about driving licenses and people, people's sicknesses and, and other stuff. Maybe he'll speak more. I love it when the voice comes to church, right? The voice, who is Jesus, comes to church and he speaks and he leads us and he's painting in our lives. But the reality is... Um, he, the, the lines that he paints we don't always like because we can't see the beauty in the middle. And so the artist will always test you to see if you'll keep going with him in the middle when it's all a bit... So Jesus comes to the Jordan. This is Luke 3 and 4. There's a good couple of chapters to go and read this week. Luke chapter 3 and Luke chapter 4. Jesus, he's going to start his ministry. The Holy Spirit comes on him. <laughs> God upon God. That's quite cool, isn't it? And the Holy Spirit leads him into the wilderness. The line that the Holy Spirit painted in his life in that moment was a wilderness line. And God will come and paint a wilderness line into our lives sometimes, and he will uh, strip us bare of things at times. Ever been in a wilderness? And in the middle of the wilderness, he, just like Jesus, even Jesus had to go through this testing. I find that remarkable. Because you could have gone, well, God knows what's in God's heart. <laughs> We're using all the gods. God the Father, God the Holy Spirit, God the Son. Uh, God knows what's in God, he could have just gone, I know that my son will be strong and will serve for all the right reasons and won't abuse his power and all those things. But God, I think maybe it was there as an example to us. Sometimes the artist will draw a line into the wilderness and we'll go, oh, you've just ruined the backdrop. You've just put this big black blob in the middle of a beautiful landscape. But God will lead you and I into a wilderness but here's what I want to reassure you. He's up to something beautiful. And now is the time when your faith will be tested more deeply than ever. Not your faith in God or man or method. Sorry, not your faith in man or method or church. But our faith in God is tested. It's easy to have faith in, in God, isn't it? But it's can we have faith in the way the painting is appearing on earth? Can we trust him, God? Huh. You are making something beautiful. Do you know with God, I kind of figure you've got to be ever so slightly, is it a good word? Help me out, I don't know. Ever so slightly belligerent sometimes in the sense of, I'm probably abusing the word, but work with me. Well, it might look a bit awful right now, but stuff it. God's a good God. It's got to turn out good in the end. That kind of belligerent. You've got to get through the rough stuff. You've got to get through the wilderness, the lines on your painting that you don't want to see. And you've got to say to yourself in the middle, God's painting something beautiful. He must be up to something. Even if it's 
The devil has attacked, he'll turn it for good. Even if it's our stupidity, he'll turn it for good. But sometimes the wilderness is pure him and he's still turning it for good. So whichever way we go, let's figure out God's good and he's got you and he's got me and he's going to lead us through into a good place because that's God, right? So the voice will lead you into difficult places, but in the middle of difficulty, reassure you. Um, <laughs> Ah, uh, did anybody enjoy 2020? No, if you did, you're probably on drugs or, you know, in a coma for the year or whatever, because it was an awful year. But if you think your 2020 was, was bad, uh, a friend of mine who was, uh, I was at Bible school with in November 2019, he's a man a couple of years younger than me, um, he had four strokes and uh, woke up with locked-in syndrome, which means the only thing he could do was blink. It's the only muscle in his whole body he could use was his eyelids. He couldn't swallow, couldn't breathe, nothing on his... No, I think he could breathe. Uh, he, couldn't, he couldn't swallow, take in food, nothing. Completely locked in. And so imagine as this friend of mine uh, wakes up... I I can't remember where he was now when it happened, but essentially he wakes up with no knowledge of it in the hospital, opens his eyes, and around his bed are nurses and his family. And uh, as he wakes, the first thing he hears is the voice of God. And all God said is, it's going to be okay. And this young man, David, would describe his prayer life as this. He calls it listening prayer he's developed an intimacy with the voice of God. And so there, I can't imagine a more panic-inducing thing than waking up and not able to move a thing. But the first thing he heard was the reassuring voice of his father. You know, God is with you everywhere. He heard the voice of his father say, it's going to be okay. And he lay there. And then a nurse leaned in in front of his face. David, you've had four strokes. You have locked-in syndrome. You can't move. If you can blink and understand me, would you blink one for yes, once for yes or twice for no? And he tried a blink, and he blinked once, and that was the communication. And uh, the next question was, um, how are you? You know, and they, they started to try and communicate. It had been uh, at the Grand Prix the day after he'd had the strokes. And so they got this alphabet board out and they learned a little technique very, very quickly to literally spell words out. And so the first question he asked his family was, did Lewis Hamilton win the Grand Prix? And that's when his earthly father knew David's in there. He didn't, he didn't ask, how are you? How is this? He said, but it was something about, because I'll, I'll tell you more of the story in a minute. It was something about the reassuring of the voice of his heavenly father in the midst of this wilderness and pain that he knew it's going to be okay. And so he didn't wake up in a panic. And then, well, the months rolled on and, you know, slowly regained uh, more and more movement. And uh, maybe we'll get him up sometime. Uh, got... A lot of use back is uh, beginning to preach again slowly and working his way out of all the stuff that's gone on in his body. Little miracle after little miracle after mir little miracle. But, you know, 
in the midst of the painting going wrong, you need to look for the voice that goes, I haven't finished yet. I haven't finished. It's going to be okay. Yeah, but I want to know everything now. If you're anything like me, I want to get back into control, right? (laughs) I want want things to feel good and look good, be good. But sometimes you just need to hear it's going to be okay. I've not finished yet. Another friend of mine was about to go in for fairly routine heart surgery. And he sat in bed reading his Bible before his surgery. And God just comes to him. The voice of God comes to him so loud and so clear and just said, I will raise you from your deathbed. And he's sitting there. And that's the phrase that came to his mind. And he's like, I didn't know I was on my deathbed. (laughs) It's fairly routine surgery. But there in surgery a few days later, um, uh, he dies on the operating table. I think it was nine times he died as he was going through this surgery. And eventually they got him back and uh, 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 he was, after the operation, which they, they finally did get him back, kind of, after the opera- operation, the consultant came in and sat on the edge of his bed and said, Peter, you died nine times. He said, yeah, I kind of figured that. They told me that. He says, when you died, there's normally a kind of state of action that begins to take place in an operating theater when a patient dies. But the moment you died, it was though this presence came into the theater and there was such incredible peace. What was that? And Peter just said, that would have been the presence of God. He said, well, it's remarkable. But he had the voice. He kind of knew, I'll raise you from your deathbed. There's a voice, his voice, that in the midst of times when it seems like it's not going the way that we expected or the way that we wanted, life's going to do that. It happened to Jesus. Thousands left him. He's, he's lost way more people than I'll ever lose in my life. People kind of look at me going, can you do a better job than Jesus, please? (laughs) Wake up. No. If even Jesus, the perfect leader, lost thousands, if he would appear to them in glorious post-resurrection splendor and still only have less than a quarter of them turn up to the prayer meeting, what hope do us human leaders have? So in the middle of the painting, we need to hear, stick with it. Stick with it, remnant. It's going to be okay. I will raise you. Don't look yet. Don't judge. Don't critique. It's not finished yet. God's in the middle of something remarkable. Now, apply that to your life. The frustrations you have about you, the knowledge that you and I wish we had, the things that we wish we knew, the stuff that we wish we'd done better. Just hear the kind voice of your father going, not finished yet come on I've not finished yet I'm still painting the lines of my beauty onto your life it's not finished yet amen that's our God all right look I just want to uh, to close just do some announcements is that okay and just some updates because I realize lots is going on and um Sometimes it's hard to update it a bit. In fact, shall we take this morning's offering while I do the, just do some announcements and updates. So please pray this 
um, Tuesday, we have uh, it, it, this Tuesday evening will be the trustees meeting where we uh, uh, finally, hopefully, I've got all the T's crossed and the I's dotted and we are deciding, right, the purchase agreement and the lease and all these sorts of things for let loose are being uh, kind of sorted. So Tuesday night should be the night that we can, hopefully, if everything is sorted, I mean, I've got solicitors meetings tomorrow, where we press the red button and things can proceed and the purchase can go ahead. So please do pray wisdom from heaven. Amen. Not a thing missed. And uh, and I would say this, just so you get a bit of a sense of, di- of direction. Um, my heart is that we get on the land as quick as possible on Sundays. That's what my ideal place would be. Now, it might be at some level of inconvenience being there, but I kind of figure we've got inconvenience being here, so it's inconvenience either way. But as soon as we've got space for adults and space for kids and space for creche, which I think can happen very quickly, that's the idea. Um, it won't be the dome. That's going to that's gonna take months of preparation for insulation. It comes all the way from, come from Europe. It's you know, over 100 k's worth of insulation. It's proper stuff that gets put into place and all that. So there's a lot of work to do there. But I don't know about you, I want to be on the land. I want to be praying. I want to be eating. I want to be having fun. I want us to be together. I want you to start to feel like you own it and get it and understand it. And I know you'll have all sorts of questions about how will it work and all that kind of thing. Um, But we need to kind of get on, um, begin to enjoy building what God wants us to do there. Amen because God's up to something special and I want to get on with it. So I don't really want to be there midweek fiddling around and sorting things out, but we're back here on a weekend. Now, I can't tell you how quick that will be. You know, for, for me, if they if they give me the keys on a Saturday night, I'll be ringing you up going, hey, we're there Sunday morning. I'll figure it out somehow. But, you know, you know what solicitors are like. They'll come up with 10 different things that still need doing. But so pray acceleration, amen? Because then the other slight downside is that Friday nights now, because Beatrice at Let Loose doesn't have any of her own senior staff left now, uh, they're all seasonal. They always end at the end of every season. It's zero hours contract staff, all but one of them. And uh, so she can't get insurance, so we can't get on the site to do our Friday nights now until we own it. So are we going to do something at Kingswood House this Friday? If we don't have the keys yet, there'll be pizza involved and fun. Is there? I don't know. I think pizza should be involved in everything, don't you? I've just figured that pizza keeps everyone happy. (laughs) So so we're still going to meet, but it might be at Kingswood House this Friday. And we're just going to, you know, so look out for emails, look out for social media posts. But as quickly as possible, we'll be back on the land and uh, uh, grabbing some of those senior staff too, who they, they know what's going on now. So it's all beginning to line up quite nicely. But pray for acceleration now, because I don't really want to pause too much. And uh, uh, we want to be able to keep just growing what's happening on Fridays, which is incredible. Um, other little things like... Because, uh, of course, we've been having lots of fun on a Friday as youth, but we also want to start to develop the deeper side of youth. We've got a youth alpha starting this afternoon in our home, actually, because some, some people are just beginning to respond to the gospel and, and, and grow and stuff. But we're also looking as quickly as possible, maybe at a different slight spot on Friday nights as well and on Sundays to begin to go deeper and develop the spiritual side of youth. But the joy of this bit is that there has never been so many people that don't yet know God coming and connecting with youth. Uh, 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 and, you know, that, I would say that's true of, of adults too. There's just an immense thing going on. I've never been around so many 
people that are hungry to know about God and connect and have great conversations. So um, something exciting is going on. And so I want to follow God on that little painting that he's doing and see where it leads. Amen. So, but, but the heart, you know, as we, as we get into that list, you know, 18 months ago, I showed you, um, you know, several bits of land and, uh, you know, the concept of, do we have church in a big square building that costs a lot of money or there, are there other ways to do it? Are there places that we can have a lot more food and a lot more fun and seven day a week church where you can drop in and out anytime uh, and there's food and pastors and advice and healing and prayer and 24-7 worship and stuff like this. And uh, one of the properties I put up in front of you, and I know lots of you are excited, some of you even cried as I shared it, I remember that vividly, because um, I sense that is roughly where God is taking us into this seven day a week family rather than just a Sunday-centric eventing place. And, um, but as, as one of the properties, which was my favorite one, as I'd come out from there, it's about 300 yards down the road from Let Loose. So I'd come out from looking at that 20-acre farm, which I'm still trusting God for, and I'd, and I, sorry, I didn't say that, just ignore me completely. Don't tell anyone that Jared's still being crazy. Um, uh, uh, everything changes when the season changes. It's just, that's what happens. But anyway, I, so I'd, I'd come out from this one farm that I think would make an awesome 24-7 prayer retreat place for leaders to come around the world and get healing and be touched by, anyway, uh, Jesus, we put it in your hands. It's the start of an adventure. It's just the model had to so change uh, that we've been through a, a wilderness for that, I think. But I drive out from that one place and I drive past let loose and I would say, say it again and again, wouldn't I? That would do to start, God. Well, give us that. We'd start there. And that's what he's given us. So guys, there's a plan in all of this. Uh, the day we left our home, an old friend uh, in December, an old friend walked by as we were moving stuff out of our house, ready for the removal stand. And he walked to him and said, God gave me a word for you the other day. I hadn't seen him for ages. He said, you're about to start again completely. And I'm like, oh, great. You know. <laughs> Thank you very much, old friend. Uh, you know, uh, God knows the lines he's painting. You have to decide where you're supposed to be, but I am not going anywhere. I am following the hand of the painter wherever he leads me. And if I end up there with three people, it'll be the most blessed place in the world. If more want to come, I'm trusting Jesus. Amen. So let's keep walking with him as he unfolds something that is very unusual. As I travel around at the moment and I talk about the journey that we've been on, both the pain and then the doors that have opened, eyes are opening wide because a new wineskin is being opened up before us. And I know there's lots, myself included, that God, not sure I like this bit or that bit, God would say, I've not finished yet. Another bit of good news, you know, Kingswood Houses begin to bubble up with stuff. The Little Angels group, I know Vicky and Leonie are going in to Little Angels now, beginning to gospel, gossip the gospel with some of the mums there and stuff like that. But the other great thing, we've been struggling to get good applicants for youth ministry to start on Kingswood. We suddenly now have half a dozen good quality applicants. Some of them are actually let loose staff that, that we think are, okay, they can see the connection beginning to open up. Uh, um, just, just just pray God is doing something. Uh, he still has a heart for Kingswood, and we're going to see a harvest on Kingswood, uh, and God's going to continue to move. So just pray that all these things that he's painting just begin to bubble up. God is up to something 
beautiful. And uh, I would say Ghoul is doing really well as well, talking to Steve. They're in a good place. You know, there's about 70 people over in Ghoul now. And um, the outreaches and work they've been doing. And they've kind of led the way on something. I think we're going to find soon that we employ more non-Christians than Christians, which is very, very weird. But here's the thing. In Ghoul, you know, they employ people if they've got all the right skills and a good attitude. And then what they see is as time goes on, there's only certain roles you can do that in, but they get saved. And I'm trusting that God is up to something very unusual. He's stretching a lot of good old Pentecostal thinking and saying, come on, come on. Isn't the whole thing supposed to be about harvest? So listen, I often say we're the SAS, which makes it hard, a hard place to be sometimes. Uh, But God is leading us somewhere very unusual, but I believe there's a great harvest ahead for us. So let's stay strong, let's stay focused and keep walking with God, amen? And let's, you know, out of even the pain of the last few months, let's become a closer family than ever. Once we get on that land, there'll be lots of open hours, as it were, time when we can go, look, whatever, these evenings, these days, just come and hang out and let's build deeper relationships than we have before uh, because God is up to something very special, amen? So let's stick with it and keep doing it. I love you a lot. And uh, let's let God paint his painting. I think in a year or two, he'll put a frame on it and we'll go, okay, wow, we weren't expecting that. Happy little trees. (laughs) Happy little trees. (laughs) They don't know what I'm on about. Bob Ross. I got the name right, haven't I? Bob Ross. Joy the joy of painting. Go watch it. And then f- from, from then on, you're going to picture God as a white man with a big ginger afro. That will... <laughs> God bless you. Have a wonderful day. And uh, I'll see you soon. Remember, no let, probably no let loose this Friday. Um, so a little bit different. Um, but as soon as we can, we'll be back there. Did everybody enjoy the pizzas Friday night? I think we ate up all the last stock of Let Loose's pizzas and hot dogs, which was wonderful, um, which is great. All right, God bless you. Thank you, everybody. Have a great day.